In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Betches Media presents... A lot of them aren't even pretending to be in charge. Testing down. Remove him from office. No justice, no peace. Cast a vote that will make you proud. The Betches Sup Podcast. With all due respect, that's a bunch of malarkey. Hello and welcome to the Betches Sup Podcast. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And I'm Fat Carrie Bradshaw. <laughs> and the Betches Sup Podcast is your daily rundown of all the craziest shit going on in the news. Brought to you by your three funniest friends. With us. us. Guys, wow. we have a special guest today. I know. Hello. I'm so excited <laughs> to be here. I feel like um, the smart kids in school finally invited me over for... <laughs> <laughs> you made it on the honors trip to Six Flags or whatever. Yeah, literally, <laughs> literally for the first time in my life, I made it through to the honors field trip. (laughs) (laughs) You always have those programs in school. Like we call, we we called ours reach. And like, like, there's like, like there's like the gifted and talented thing. Right. Yeah. We had gifted and talented and we had just honors, but I feel like in elementary school, it was always called GT. Uh, Mm. We had, we had, so I was in honors history and English, but I was in stupid math and science, but then also they had um, white cards where if you did something wrong, like uh, behavior, behavior, behaviorally, you got a white card. And if you had white cards at the end of the year, you weren't allowed to go on like the trip. So I was not allowed to go on (laughs) the trip. If you, if you misbehaved at all. You couldn't well, go so on the trip? There was ways to, like, work off your white cards. Okay. You could, like, volunteer and do this stuff. But I had gotten... I only got two. One was because I was chewing gum in the library. And then one, I was late to science class because I literally fell on the stairs on the way to science class, walked in as the bell rang, literally bleeding. And <laughs> the, the teacher made me sign the white card before I could go to the nurse. How dare. So what- what we're talking about here is an unjust system. Yeah, it, exactly. A, too so. punitive, unjust, no restorative justice involved in the system. Speaking of an unjust system, friends, mm-hmm. <laughs> we are here to talk about night one of the Republican National Convention. The theme was Land of Promise. What were, let's just talk general impressions first and then actually get into the meat of what happened. I, I think as a, you know, to, to tout myself as a, as someone who has a degree in film, you know, mm-hmm. when watching something like television or movies, I usually go directly to quality, you know, production quality, production value. It had really bad production value. That was my first major takeaway was especially compared to watching the dnc yes obviously the substance was batshit fucking crazy but in terms of like the field pieces production value 
very very bad <laughs> yeah i'll agree if we're going from a um that sort of a standpoint uh the outfits and the makeup the hair and makeup in general i thought were interesting choices um it was definitely the same makeup artist i think for all of them because mm-hmm. everyone's nobody had matching eyebrows i just <laughs> I, I thought it could have been put together more beautifully as well. And yeah. then when they started talking, of course, it was, you know. We'll get oh. to the talking in, <laughs> in a <second>. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that I agree with both of your takes. I think a lot of the women made the choice to wear red on an all-red stage with 100 flags. Yes. And so it was, <laughs> it felt sort of like an onslaught visually, like of... <laughs> red i also felt like a lot of it the cuts were too fast brian i don't know if you noticed that from a yeah. film perspective but when they did their version of the roll call where oh the dnc one was so cute theirs was like ohio arizona <laughs> <laughs> it was going so fast chris, Iowa. <laughs> chris sent us a video of him doing that it's, that was so true you're like wait what is this like i remember like like things like thinking that would be a good idea to do when i was like young for like mm-hmm. you know when i'm just I don't know, when you're like, oh, I want to make sure that I get everyone in class in this video. So everyone's going to say one line from this Blink-182 yes. song, and it's going to be great. And it's going to go... That's so- <laughs> what they did. Do you guys remember, this is an early YouTube video. Um, it was about muffins, and it was a guy, and he would just... This is yes, now going to be know. a useless anecdote. It was a guy <laughs> dressed as a woman, and he would be like, Bran Muffin! It's the same guy that did... He went viral for... Um, shoes, remember is that? Is that the same? Is he, Isn't oh my god, it? shoes as well? Yes, it's the wow. same guy. Okay, so the same guy, one of his earlier works was this <laughs> video of the muffins. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it would be and like, glass muffin, and it's just like yeah. random objects and muffins. Fish muffin. Okay, <laughs> the DNC's roll call had the same energy to me as the muffins video. Which was also chaotic. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Well, because the, the Democratic one was, Hi, I'm Brian Russell Smith. I hail from the great state of New Jersey, home of Bruce Springsteen. And then it would, mm-hmm. like, go to the next one. And it was, like, these yes. ones all had, like, different, like, like they would say just guam. It was guam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, and then the next one would go. And, the Virgin Islands. Also, and we're like, yeah. oh, my God. <laughs> But oh, that's the no. other thing. I was I was looking at I was like even like the audio isn't flowing together like it's like that's when you can like audio really like helps the transitions of cuts it makes you more seamless and imagine like and so like when you're watching a movie imagine it's like you're standing in a wind tunnel and you're saying something and then the next it cuts to the next person who isn't standing in a wind tunnel it was very jarring also I mean this might be uh, left field but if you think about the type of person that does careers in like audio visuals and things like that, there's probably a lot of the best ones that are like, I don't want to do the RNC. No, like I refuse. So they might be not getting the cream of the crop. The Trump campaign has had trouble finding people to dress them, finding people to do their graphics. Their graphic design is always crazy. Like, mm-hmm. it makes no finding sense. Finding people to, like, allow them to use their songs. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, it's very okay. hard. Um, before we get into, like, 
the meat of it. The one last question I had for you guys. What do we think of the choice to mainly have it just be people all delivering speeches from the podium? Because the, the DNC did like speeches from the studio, speeches from different locations, field pieces. They were doing, they had a lot more moving parts and the RNC did a lot more just like person comes out in red and gives speech from the red stage. I felt like it was very um, like high school. I felt like they were all running for the same thing. I didn't feel like they were talking about voting for the president. I felt like every single one of them was trying to get votes for themselves. Yeah, they were all, they were running for the same role. <laughs> I see the, during the DNC. I felt that the most in, it's the most impactful speeches were the ones that felt personal. Mm-hmm. You know, tight shot. Someone sitting in like their living room. Michelle Obama. Whatever. Michelle Obama, even Barack Obama, like it wasn't, he wasn't trying to address a crowd because when I watched like Kamala Harris's speech, like, yes, it was great. I thought she had delivered it well. However, there was an odd, it was, there's like an odd thing to it where she was addressing an empty room and they did that for like every single one of them, except for like the McCloskeys. Um, and, and they so didn't even want like, to subject an empty room to a speech yeah. by the and so like and so it just like it's you know it's like if you guys were doing stand-up and it was being filmed and you were just doing it in an empty room without an audience so every zoom comedy show now yeah i was gonna say so we have done that and it's nice and it's horrible (laughs) (laughs) but then there was those other field pieces that were just trump and other people like he like yes talked to the the group of hostages he talked to like you chris or before we were uh, we got on what were the one who's oh, we like talking about yeah he was in the white house with like different um frontline workers yes. throughout the all of whom okay. have all of whom have uh allegedly survived covid, COVID. and he, then uh, and then he's talking about he's like well i guess we're all good now because <laughs> you all got over it <laughs> Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. 
They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. You get fast free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. Let's get to the meat of the night and we'll go through some of these like particular moments one by one. So... Yesterday was night one, as we said, of the RNC. I told you guys, theme was Land of Promise. Uh, In general, we participated in a lot of revisionist history, just sort of kind of contorting the president's first term into something that could be considered a success. Brian, do you want to kick us off talking about Miss Natalie Hart? Yes, Natalie Harp, a, quote, right to try advocate. To try what? I don't know. (laughs) Um, She is a beneficiary of legislation Trump signed into off in off while he was in office that gives terminally ill people the ability to access treatments that have not yet received full approval by the FDA. So this was sort of a subtweet about hydroxychloroquine, which Mm. you know is not a word that I ever thought I would learn to say, (laughs) and yet and. Here I am, you know, master of that word. Which also Uh, came up more than once during the night. Yes. Trump also, in that part that we're going to get to, makes a joke about hydroxychloroquine, and he's like, they really did a number on that one. I'm like, you mean the scientists who were (laughs) testing it? Like, (laughs) it doesn't work. Like, it's... Like, or are you talking about the woman who was crying on the news because her husband took it and died? Which one is the one that did the number? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Natalie Harp's address was among the many that were terrifying. Um, so let's (laughs) listen to a clip. You see, Mr. President, you've done so much more than your promises made and promises kept. For numbers, only tell part of the story. We are the rest of it. Facts with faces of Americans who would still be forgotten if you and our favorite first lady hadn't given up your own wonderful life so we could have the chance at one. George Bailey's father was right. All you can take with you is that which you've given away. And Mr. President, that makes you the richest man in the world, for you have used your strength to make America strong again. Sacrifice the life you built to make America proud again. And you risked everything to make America safe again. It's a wonderful life. You made America great again. And on November 3rd, we are going to keep America great. Wow. Yeah. I think that she needs to watch It's a Wonderful Life again. I was going (laughs) to say, like, I love a good Christmas movie. And Home Alone 2 was ruined with 
ruined for me because there's a cameo from Trump. And now she's ruining It's a Wonderful Life. She brings it up like four times in that speech. That's not even half the amount of time she brings it up in that speech. Trump is also literally Mr. Potter. Like, he builds shitty homes for people to live in, and then, like, <laughs> that is what Mr. Potter did. He there, was just, there's, there was just so many parts about that, like, one clip that we have just listened to that were just false and not yeah. true. And just, like, on, a, like, on, like a, a, on a larger level, she's like, mine is the face that you would always forget about. I'm like, you're... Uh, attractive white blonde lady like people know who you look like like not everyone gonna, not is gonna be concerned you're you're gonna be fine and the thing is like you sacrificed the life that you built for yourself no he didn't build fucking shit he like inherited his, every single thing that he's ever had in his life he didn't sacrifice shit. He didn't sacrifice that was shit. actually a big theme of the evening. Is like it was in the voiceovers by John Voight, by the way, doing all the voiceovers for the RNC. Uh, but it was in all the voiceovers like Donald Trump sacrificed, and our, Donald Trump and our favorite first lady sacrificed their life of luxury to keep living a life of luxury as the most powerful people <laughs> in the world. Like, you want the message to be that it's a sacrifice to serve your country. Like, that is what they're saying. Like, it's an honor to be elected. Pre- like, if you want to become president and you're elected president, it should be a fucking honor that you're doing yeah. this shit. Yeah. Uh, show me a president that left the White House and now lives in, um, like, squalor yeah (laughs) or even a middle class like and then he's just like has a two-bedroom apartment (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. and then like yeah he had to move back to like his bushwick apartment with roommates after being president yeah he's like i'm not working right now actually (laughs) because i was voted out so (laughs) god damn it so next up, we have Patricia and mark mccloskey the st louis couple who aimed guns at protesters in june um, funny, those pictures are like really ridiculous, but something was, someone was saying was that the way he was holding the gun was wrong, that if he had fired it, he would have burned himself. Cause like they like shoot out like red hot, like whatever. I yes. don't know much about guns. Their speech was explicitly racist as images of black protesters came on the screen as they warned about angry mobs, uh, quote, taking over your quiet neighborhoods. We're also going to play a clip from that. These are the policies that are coming to a neighborhood near you. So make no mistake, no matter where you live, your family will not be safe in the radical Democrats' America. At this moment in history, if you stand up for yourself and for the values our country was founded on, the mob, spurred on by their allies in the media, will try to destroy you. It's so funny to me to deliver a speech like that in complete monotone with no (laughs) expression. Like, a mob is coming to destroy your home. Oh, it's very, like, American Horror Story apocalypse. Like, Sarah Paulson sitting with, um, like, you know, Jessica Lange. Like, in the beginning, creepy, whatever. It had the purge energy to me. And then they show the pictures of Cori Bush, like, talking about how she like literally showing her photo on the fucking RNC being like, this woman is going to kill you. Like it was next level. It is, it is, it is beyond racist um, using propaganda to push a racist narrative. I mean, I just recently watched 13th and it reminds me like throughout the film, how they 
how they write criminal as a graphic every time someone says criminal on 13, because it's just been what Republicans and Americans, you know, have been doing forever with the media portrayal of black people as criminals. Yes, yeah. and the dog whistles were out last night. There were multiple instances of people... Charlie Kirk, the first speaker who founded Turning Point USA, this, like, young conservatives group. He's 26 years old. He, like... He's mm-hmm. horrible. But he said, he, he said, Donald Trump is the bodyguard of Western civilization. And then there was multiple references to Western civilization, which is, like, a white supremacy rallying cry just being yeah, sprinkled fine, fine. throughout the DNC. The only reference I want to a bodyguard on television is Whitney Houston. Okay? Yes. <laughs> and that's why we brought you on the pod, Chris, for, the, for, these, for those exact observations. <laughs> um, all right. So last night's festivities, guys, they also included some appearances by Donald Trump himself. Apparently, Trump is going to make a cameo every night. Because they saw Joe Biden did it, and they were like, well, now Donald Trump's got to do it, too. Wait, how long do you think until a Trump family member has a Cameo account? Oh. I bet if we dig deep enough, there already is one. (laughs) I feel like... I feel like Tiffany, maybe. DJ TJ will be the first to do it. Yeah. Oh, man. That's so funny. Sorry, continue. No, it's okay. I was just thinking about a friend I have who once got a cameo as a joke from Rachel Dolezal, and it was really funny. Anyway. Oh <laughs> uh, okay. So Donald Trump appeared twice last night in two sort of like round table segments. My feeling after watching them is that they threw those together after Joe Biden did the two like Zoom round tables that he hosted. But they decided to have Donald Trump's be in person not wearing a mask, obviously, and uh, not socially distanced and inside. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) the first one was basically where um, Trump did an interview with some COVID survivors, frontline workers, basically all people who have come in contact with COVID-19. Where Um, they were all standing also, bizarrely. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but not in any sort of like formation. It was what? like scattered throughout the room. <laughs> it was I, very strange. I thought, yeah. at, I thought at first it was supposed to be like an attempt at being six feet apart each, but that wasn't the case. So it looked like, like a I, bad wedding party photo shoot. Yes. They were literally standing in random places with Trump kind of in the middle um, he used the phrase China virus multiple times, uh, made the joke about hydroxychloroquine, and uh, the lone doctor that the Republicans have defending Trump's handling of the virus was, I don't know, he was part of this panel. He's, a, <laughs> he's an oral surgeon, so. There you go. Well, that's. And they also, speaking of production <laughs> value, they have them all, like, turn to talk to Trump, so, like, they're faces weren't even to camera most of the time <laughs> he didn't know who any of them were he just kept being like and you what's your deal what? yeah and mm-hmm. he's like she's like oh i'm a custodian at the hospital he's like well there is a job that you'll never well, lose <laughs> no first first he was like so and what does that do 
<laughs> like, like what? He's she's a custodian. She's like, I clean up things. Like <laughs> it was like, oh my god. To see him, I know the point of the segment was to like show his quote unquote humanity and show that he's a nice guy, which was kind of a theme that kept coming up. Is people are like, actually, Donald Trump was really nice to me one time. Uh-huh. It he looked like a sociopath. He couldn't <laughs> speak to these people for one second. No, no, and. <laughs> And then the police officer, like the blonde woman police officer that was wearing her badge around her neck on a chain like Olivia Benson in fucking uh, season five. Like, uh, I bet she didn't even have that with her. They were like, no, you're the police officer. We need a badge for you or something. <laughs> that, they just wait, it. Wait, I thought we were getting a police officer. This is a lady. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to believe this blonde woman's a police officer without a badge. Get her a badge. It did look like a costume shop badge, so. I mean, I I honestly, someone should look into the credentials of all of those people. But uh, the second interview that Trump conducted was with former hostages that his administration helped release. Again, no one's wearing a mask in any of these interviews. The only person who is socially distanced is Trump, who is placed <laughs> slightly away from the other people who are all squeezed in together um you know it's like, a, it's like housewives reunion style this <laughs> one. trump displaying his trademark empathy throughout the entire segment uh there's a here's a clip we actually have of one remarkable exchange in which trump praises turkish president erdogan in front of a man who was held hostage in turkey let's play the clip <laughs> I have to say that, to me, President Erdogan was very good. And I know they had you scheduled for a long time, and you were a very innocent person. And uh, he ultimately, after we had a few conversations, he agreed. So we appreciate that, and we appreciate the people of Turkey. And you still appreciate the people of Turkey, I understand, right? We love the Turkish people. We still That's great. Us. It's great to have you back, Andrew. Thank you. And you're not racist. Have, did it make you racist? to be like, are you racist now? Like, I just love that last question. Like, This is Davina in the fucking last episode of Selling Sunset telling Chriselle, uh, yeah, like, okay, maybe your husband left you, but that one time I met him for five seconds, he was nice to me, so yes! I'm and not like, gonna be mean about him. And all of the celebrities coming out about Ellen, and it's like, well, you know, Ellen, I, I, I'm Katy Perry. Ellen always treated me like I was great. Like, yeah, you're fucking Katy Perry. Yeah, the like, point is that she was mean to, like, her PAs. And yeah. so, like, like, <laughs> like, it's not that he's nice to the U.S. president. It's that he's jailing innocent people who, two <laughs> seconds ago, he's like, and you were very innocent, and that is sad. And that's too <laughs> bad. That's too but bad. Turkish people are okay, right? How do we feel? <laughs> like, what are you fucking talking about? L- literally. He's like, and Turkish people, they are from turkey right like he knows nothing that's going on it's like turkey for me i'm a big thanksgiving person it's in europe they're muslim i don't understand it frankly it's like, okay okay mr president thank you um, so i think the time has come to discuss kimberly gulfoil i don't still don't know how to say her last name i think that's right um, it's like gulfoil gulfoil <laughs> it's like gulfoil um 
The president's son's girlfriend is this lady. That's who she is. Kimberly Gafoyle is the president's son's girlfriend and a senior advisor to the campaign focused on fundraising. Um, she offered an incredibly dark dystopian view of America from which one can only be rescued by pledging allegiance to Donald Trump. Um, so let's just listen to this clip. Don't let the Democrats take you for granted. Don't let them step on you. Don't let them destroy your families, your lives, and your future. Don't let them kill future generations because they told you and brainwashed you and fed you lies that you weren't good enough. Like my parents, you can achieve your American dream. You can be that shining example to the world. Manifest and be the change in this country that you dream, that you hope, that you believe in. Stand for an American president who is fearless, who believes in you, and who loves this country and will fight for her. President Trump is the leader who will rebuild the promise of America and ensure that every citizen can realize their American dream. Ladies and gentlemen, leaders and fighters for freedom and liberty and the American dream, the best is yet to come. It's like, lady, you have a microphone. You don't need to yell. This woman, let us remind ourselves there's no audience. (laughs) She is getting this energy from an empty room. (laughs) I mean... Uh, number one, this is literally like, uh, Elise, if your uh, father became president and then you just asked your boyfriend to give a speech. Like, I, I would. Don't... If my dad <laughs> became president, I would have Danny give a speech. And he would honestly probably be yelling the whole time. I was, go- was going to say, Danny would actually probably give a pretty similar style speech <laughs> of <laughs> yelling, but... Number one, I'm disappointed because this woman has such potential when it comes to gay icon looking. Beautiful dress, beautiful shoes, her nails, she had like fucking claws on, her wig was laid right, her eyeshadow, I mean, everything was good. And then she starts talking and she is Benito Mussolini. So I will say that it was iconic in the way that like stuff Omarosa did was iconic, like dark iconography like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was watching it and I was like this is real like like there was a powerful nature to it but it was like Ursula the sea witch oh yeah it was do you, awful do we think like so she was saying some really fucking crazy things like awful awful things mm-hmm. and because she's saying it like this we can't absorb it because it's just ridiculous do you think it has having the same effect on Trump's supporters like do you think that they're like, wow, that was weird? <laughs> or do you think that they're like, oh, now I'm going to stomp on Democrats because Democrats want to stomp on my freedom? I think that the entire event was designed to rile up, play to, and just like energize his base. So I think that does work. Well, like, I this- also... Like, where are all the people that hate Elizabeth Warren and um, because she yells, quote unquote, you know? Like, there's mm-hmm. so many people that are like, oh, like, why can't she just talk like a normal person? But it's just because she's a woman yelling instead of a man yelling. Um, 
So I know. her voice, her voice literally breaks like twice because she is yelling well, it's so not, hard. She's going to get a vocal node. It's not, yeah. <laughs> it's not good for public speaking for her to be doing what she's doing. No, yes. <laughs> well, like, if you didn't know who she was, yes, you're, like before that, like everyone knows who the fuck she is now. So maybe if she did exactly what she wanted to do. Can we make know. sure before we move on from Kimberly that everyone listening knows the most important it's not the most important fact about her, but it's the most interesting to me is that she used to be married to California governor, Gavin Newsom. She was the first lady of San Francisco for a period of time. So last night when she was slamming how shitty it is to live in California and she was like, California is destroyed. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> she the does kind of do state. the RuPaul like, Mother yeah. is here. <laughs> <laughs> the battle for your life. life. <laughs> that um, is very much call me mother as she's on the <laughs> um and of San Francisco. I'm like, she definitely Do you think that has she's seen a doing, drag show or two? She's doing all of this out of spite for Gavin Newsom. She's she like She might be he cheated on her, and that ain't right. And it's, so it's Gavin Newsom's fault that that happened last yeah, night. Yeah, they actually, Gavin Newsom isn't even, I mean, maybe it was one of those things where he couldn't find a way to get out of the relationship, so he cheated to blow it up. We don't know, but he did cheat on her, and that is how the relationship ended, and now she's doing what she's doing. So some wow. people get bangs, some people <laughs> <laughs> become a psycho-fascist. <laughs> yeah. Um, so some of the evening's strongest speeches were from the president's few black surrogates, former NFL player Herschel Walker recounted working with Trump when he bought the team he was playing for. Uh, he finally remembered that Trump learned the history of the team he bought in 1984. Um, the team was actually founded in 1983, the year prior, so... Not too much research was needed to be done. Um. Yeah, also the league that Donald Trump bought and like what they're talking about there is when they tried to start like a different league from the NFL and it actually ran into the ground and Donald Trump bankrupted it. So yeah. <laughs> It was like the AFL or some shit? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, another speech, and probably what I would say was the best, most normal person speech of the night and Nikki Haley too but yeah, which we didn't think, talk about but yeah we're, we're not going to get too much into Nikki Haley but the every once in a while a real politician would give a speech and you'd be like okay this is kind of normal I mean Nikki mm -hmm. Haley did say that like racism doesn't exist but yeah but the fact, yeah, that, she... the fact that they're even there like I feel like if I was a self uh respecting Republican I like still wouldn't be there well, well that's Nikki why George Bush, I mean, not to be like, oh my God, George Bush is amazing, but George W. Bush didn't speak. He's a form, he's a living former Republican president. He didn't speak. Like, I mean, Mitch McConnell will speak and there will be some other people, but it's mostly not highly respected people who are speaking at this thing. Tim Scott, the Senate's lone black Republican, delivered a powerful speech on race. Uh, he offered basically a much more optimistic view of America noting that his own family had gone from, in his words, caught into Congress in one lifetime. So he, like, as far as what they had said the RNC was going to do, 
which Trump had been saying, like, I'm going to offer a more optimistic view of America. Tim Scott and maybe Nikki Haley were the only people who really Mm -hmm. did that. The rest were like, Black Lives Matter protesters are coming to kill you and your grandma. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They want to abolish the suburbs. It's like, oh, I love that. How do you even abolish like a geographical place? Like how are you? I'm gonna abolish mountains. Mountains, they will be abolished. Like how are you gonna turn my parents' 1,200 square foot home in the suburbs of Albany into like a giant low income housing building? That I'm (laughs) like, that's not the plan. No, no one's suggesting that the suburbs are gonna be fine. There was Mm -hmm. also that moment where Ronna Romney McDaniel tried to like say. Well, she tried to come for Eva Longoria, which is like, how dare you even speak Eva Longoria's name? <laughs> and she was like, I'm a real housewife. And it's like, bitch, you're not a housewife. You're the head of the Republican National Committee. Yeah. yeah. You have a and- really powerful job. You're probably not home often. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, Eva Longoria is a desperate housewife, not a real housewife. So get your facts straight, honey. <laughs> there you go. And also, I was then quickly reminded, I was like, oh, wow. They had a great, they had a great convention. Thanks for reminding me. Yes, it did like, I was like, oh, wow, the DNC was actually really good. Um, Okay, let's finish with the highlight of the evening. (laughs) The The highlight? (laughs) Sorry. You said it. Of the evening, Donald Trump's second favorite child, his own, but his (laughs) second favorite child, but his first favorite son, Donald Trump Jr. Let's just play a clip of him talking and then we'll respond to it. Biden has promised to take that money back out of your pocket and keep it in the swamp. That makes sense, though, considering Joe Biden is basically the Loch Ness Monster of the swamp. For the past half century, he's been lurking around in there. He sticks his head up every now and then to run for president. Then he disappears and doesn't do much in between. So if you're looking for hope, look to the man who did what the failed Obama-Biden administration never could do and built the greatest economy our country has ever seen. I live for the swamp references, especially because, um, like, literally last week, it was all over the news how um, pythons have taken over the Everglades because people are releasing them and there's, like, hundreds of thousands of pythons. And the raccoons and squirrels are literally extinct in the swamps of Florida. And I'm like, that is quite literally is what's happening metaphorically and literally. (laughs) We've released anacondas (laughs) and horrible snakes. Like there's literally Burmese pythons, hundreds of thousands of them killing all the small animals in Florida. So I also think it's like he's like Joe Biden. He just pops up to run for president every random few years. I'm like, you know, he was in the Senate for like 30 plus years. He was the leader of the Senate Judiciary Committee for eight years. He wrote the Violence Against Women. And I was like, he led the Anita Hill hearings. Like he's he's been around, dude. Like, I don't think that argument is doing what you think. And also the strongest economy America's ever seen. Do you not see what's, have you read a newspaper, bro? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's like, scary to me he's more trumpy than trump also as far as like calling joe biden the loch ness monster the loch ness monster lives in a lake that's what loch means in scotland so so 
If That's we were true. all if we all lived with the Loch Ness monster, we would all have universal health care. So <laughs> yeah, it would be really nice. <laughs> yeah. They don't even know what lakes from the swamps. Idiots. Uh, all right, guys, I feel like unless you have anything else you want to say about Donald Trump Jr., which I kind of don't. That brings no. us to the end of our episode. Yeah, I will say one thing is like, you know, fascism doesn't have to make sense. You know. <laughs> That's the yeah. thing about fascism, so. Yes, just because we found this all very alarming and funny, maybe there are people out there who liked it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't 41% know. 41% maybe, you know, Yeah. according to RCP. Enough. If enough people were into it, that's a problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, Chris, thank you so much for guesting on our episode. Thank you guys so much for having me. What a blast to talk about how we're all, you know, maybe going to live, maybe not going to live. (laughs) Uh, It's always a blast. And until the return of democracy, I'm Elise Morales. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And I am Fat Carrie Bradshaw. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast. The Betches Sup Podcast is produced by Sean Kilby and Amanda Duberman. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. Be sure to follow us at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to sup at Betches.com. Betches.